0: Hey guys, what's up? Um, let me see if I can straighten this a little bit. I'll make it a little more straighter. I'm trying to probably get in there a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, guys, welcome to this uh, live stream that I mentioned. Um, as uh, noted in the descriptions right now, uh, Super Chats and Super Stickers are open and would be appreciated. Whatever you can do, $1, $5, 3 two, ten, 2 10 whatever you can do, be really appreciated. Uh, In the long run. But yeah, I want to um, come on here and, you know, as the title says, you know, talk about Rescue Rangers a little bit, especially with the fact that, you know, um, we have we have the movie uh, coming out as I check something here just real quickly. Of course, that's a commercial. Okay, it's working. Just want to make sure everything's working right, especially when you're live streaming. But yeah, wanted to come on here, do some Rescue Ranger talk on, you know, being a longtime fan as well. Talk about what we can expect, you know, from the movie, like, you know, what to expect when it comes to like what the characters have been, you know, since the breakup, if you will. You know what they've been up to, what led to the breakup, you know, what the story in general is all about, Uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I just wanted to come on here and, like I say, do this live stream, talking about all that as well. As talk about being a longtime fan. Now I know I've done a couple of live streams already on on the uh, Rescue Ranger movie, you know, and it in its trailer and you know just going off of what we've seen and stuff. And you know, I have to say, like like I mentioned before, I think the trailer looks alright. I think the trailer looks good. Um, I cannot wait to see this on Disney Plus when it comes out uh, on May twentieth. I know that AC Race Best, who I tagged on Twitter for this, um, who is also a fan, longtime fan of Rescue Rangers, along with his wife, Sarah, a.k.a. Tootles, um, he basically stated when they did a reaction that they met at the Acorn Cafe. That's why he calls himself AC Race Best, because it's short for Acorn Cafe. And I have, and he's even acknowledged this, as I mentioned before, on a, a semi uh, semi-perfect podcast which is a bi-weekly series that they do every wednesday night here on youtube uh he mentioned that he and i uh interacted somewhat on the cafe basically he knows me from the cafe um if you will and then that's why he's been a long-time fan not just because of me obviously not but because of the fact that you know there's other fans out there that grew up with rescue rangers that you know Love the show so much, love the franchise so much that they want to dedicate an entire um, website, a premiere website, if you will, fan, fan related wise, uh, to it. Now, before I move on here, because I just moved my mouse a little bit because it likes to go off a bit, if you know what I mean, you know, when it goes on standby. Uh, But before I move on, I do want to let you know that since it's about 107 p.m. Pacific here on this Thursday, um, uh, this Thursday, February 17th, I have today and tomorrow off along with the weekend, and uh, I go back to work on Monday. (laughs) Long story short, uh, I don't want to get off topic a little bit, but my mom had said she was not going to take me originally when I told her this a little over a week ago or about a week ago, which would be tomorrow. Because that's when they put out the schedules. I told her what was going to happen, and she was not thrilled it through. She was not thrilled about it. Basically, that's what I was trying to say. She was not thrilled about it, and she was basically like, "I'm not taking you. I'm not taking. you, I'm not taking you." She was very persistent. She was not going to take me, even to the point she, you know, she was getting so, you know, so angry and stuff. So she's like, "It's you know, it's about time I just start talking, thinking about me, 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 <laughs> you know," and. Obviously, I know she didn't really mean, uh, I mean, yeah, well, first of all, I know that, you know, it, it. You know, it's it's only right for a lot of people to think about themselves once in a while and stuff. But, you know, to me, that was like the first time I'd ever heard my mom go like, beep, 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 and everything. I was like, whoa, where did that come from? And all I was trying to do was explain to her, hey, you're going to have to probably do this on uh, President's Day because the buses don't run. And, you know, she's off, ironically, so it works out. But she was like, no, 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 no. But over time, thankfully, she's realized that um, she's kind of realized that it's not that big of a deal. And especially when I finally clarified with her when I start, she's like, oh, OK, that makes sense. So <laughs> no, that that's better and everything, because she thought I because here's the thing. My mom thought I was going to start early. She's like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. And I can and I can understand that. But when she when I finally told her, yeah, it's at this time, she's like, oh, OK. Not a problem. Not a problem. So thankfully, she's going to take me on Monday. And also the fact that she's going to pick me up. Because as I noted to her yesterday, it was still daylight by the time I got off. Now, I was already off. I was already off at 4. That's why I did that live stream uh, yesterday after work. You know, I was already off work and everything. And around went on 545, the sun was still going down. We still had a bit of daylight. And that's the one thing I like to point to my mom. It's like, hey, you're talking about... You know the the sun keeping the sun staying out a lot longer. Here's your answer to you know why it won't be a problem for you to come get me because by the time we get to Patterson and maybe even bef- even afterwards, we'll still have a bit of daylight even if it's the sun's getting more closer to setting down uh, than usual. But yeah, she wasn't too um, thrilled about that at first. But like I said. Uh, in the video I did last night, or late, very late last night, very early morning uh, today, where I showed you a bit of my collection, you can see some of it here on the music stand. There's some I'm going to show you in a bit as well. Um, you know, like I mentioned uh, in the in the you know in the uh, live stream, if you will, not live stream, but in the video where I did the where I talked about the, my small po- the small par- portion of my collection. You know, um, like I said, it, it, you know, I, the, the sun doesn't go go down as long. You know, it doesn't go down as early as it used to because we're heading into spring daylight savings time. And I think that's what's kind of, you know, making my mom realize it's not that big of a deal. Also, the fact that she's contemplated many, many times that, oh, I might get my oil changed on that day. And it's like, really, you're thinking about getting your oil changed, but you don't want to take me kind of deal. And I think I've kind of figured out exactly why she was persistent about it. Uh, mainly, long story short, a lot of us uh, basically have a reputation we like to keep when we're around others, even if it's family. So the only way we can keep that reputation up a little bit, you know, not you know, show um, you know, sh- show anything off guard is by being persistent of oh, you gotta find your own way, oh you gotta do this and that, and yet behind the scenes, we change our minds about it. You know, we change our minds about it, um, if you will. But yeah, like I was saying, um, I'm off to, like I was was trying to mention, I almost lost my train of thought there. This is what happens when you do things live. You know, sometimes you're you're about to say something and you forget about what you're going to say, and then you got to go back to it. Uh, But yeah, like I said, I'm off today. I'm off tomorrow, and then I work President's Day, and then I work Tuesday, and then I work. Then I'm off next Wednesday and Thursday, but then I work on uh, Friday. I pick that shift up to have a little bit more time on my hand, uh, hands on everything. So, you know, so and I'm working on Saturday a week from this Saturday as well. So that's a little bit more time uh, to work and earn money and stuff than than usual. Excuse me, there, but. But, yeah, at first, you know, she wasn't too thrilled about it or anything. But uh, as I was mentioning in the in the video I did late last night, early this morning, showing off a bit of my collection, you know, like I said, I'm off today. I'm off tomorrow. I'm off the weekend. But then I will present Day. So it kind of balances out, kind of balances out and everything um, in the long run. I know I didn't sound like I made much sense there. Uh, honestly, I'm still kind of tired from yesterday because um, yesterday basically I was working. One, that, one of the things about being a front end associate or attendant or advocate, basically a front end advocate, if you will, for the store, is you got more than just one job you'll be assigned to on certain days. Like, tomorrow, like yesterday and then on Tuesday, and like yesterday and Monday, I was cart pusher. Um, on Monday, on this Monday, I should say, President's Day, I'll be doing cashiering checkout. And the same with Tuesday. And then the Friday that's afterwards, I'll be doing, you know, front end basically, or front of store, which is basically uh, carts and all that. And then Saturday, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, I'll be back to cashiering. So it's basically you get assigned all these different um, areas. Like, you know, sometimes you might even get it assigned to do fulfillment, like, you know, drive by or drive up. Like you shop, get the orders, and you take it out to the customers that come and pick them up. that kind of stuff and that's why i feel like a little a little tired still because even though yesterday wasn't as bad as monday you know yesterday wasn't as bad as monday because i think a lot of people you know didn't expect us to get that kind of a rush on monday where it was like here's a bunch of carts here's a bunch of carts and everything here's a bunch of customers and i think the reason we didn't ex- expect that is because of the fact that you know we didn't realize oh it, well we knew it was valentine's day but we didn't realize that people uh, was going to shop last minute gifts on that day because you know the previous day was the Super Bowl, but yet there we were. Uh, anyway, though, long story short, because I want to get on topic with this video, you know I'm, you know, the reason I might feel like I'm a little out of it still is because even though I got some, uh, you know, I got a decent amount of rest, I'm still, you know, I'm still tired. It's like yesterday I nearly got hit twice, you know, by you know cut by people driving in that parking lot. And both times, neither one of them were looking. And when they did, and when one would finally look, it's like they just didn't care, and all that. So it was one of those situations. But anyway, that's why. It, so that's why if you're noticing I'm a little tired, a little still out of it, because you know I'm still feeling feeling the effects of that. It's ironic, like you know, I'll do that. I'll do the you know I'll do the cart attending stuff, um, if you will. But yeah, and I'll and you know. And I'll feel tired the next day, even if I'm off, I'll still feel the effects. But then, but then, honestly, when I'm doing cashiering, yeah, I'm tired and everything that, you know afterwards. But you know, I'm not as tired, and I think it's maybe because I'm not going back and forth and getting the carts like I did before, or like I did uh, one, of my, one of my previous work days, uh, if you will. But anyway, though, guys, that's that's really all I'm going to say on that. Sorry if I went on a little bit of a tangent, vlog kind of deal. I've been kind of doing that with a lot of the live streams or, you know, regular videos. I've been doing a bit of a vlog. Like, before I do topics on my mind, live streams, I do these uh, vlogs to let you know what's happening and stuff. So, yeah. Um, that yeah. Um So, yeah, I'm sorry if I went off a little bit there on the vlog tangent, ramblish, if you will. Just had to get that off my chest and kind of let you know. You know, like I said, if you're going to hear the phone ring, it's because it's my mom and she's going to call up to check up on things during her lunch and everything. And also, if there's anything going on that she has to vent about, she's going to vent, you know, a little bit uh, to me. You know, so that's about uh, that's about all I'm going to say on that. And, you know, without further ado, because I know we're almost 13 minutes in. Let's get into uh, this video, what this video is about. And that's basically you know, talking about my fandom, um, or my love as a fan, when it comes to the uh, Rescue Rangers um, as a whole, uh, basically. You know, my, my fandom as a my fa- my love for the Rescue Rangers as a whole, if you will. Did I check something? My my love for the Rescue Rangers as a whole. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just want to talk about that, um, if you will. And as I've mentioned before, my, my love for the Rescue Rangers began basically when it started. Um, originally, I, you know, well, yeah, well, what I'm trying to say is, let me, let me get some more Dr. Pepper here. Let me, hold on. Excuse me. But, um, you know, my, my love for Rescue Rangers started, I think, around the same time everybody else's did. And that was with the Disney Channel. Now, when the Rangers debuted, this was basically, you know, in the spring of 89. Like I said, it was part of the Disney Channel. It was part of a yearly thing that they did up to that, you know, even beyond that point, I should say, because they continued doing it with shows like Aladdin. I think they did it with Gargoyles. I think, I believe. I think they even did it with um, Mighty Ducks, Hercules. You know, one hundred and one Dalmatians a series. I think they continue doing it up to the late nineties, perhaps mid to late nineties. But what 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 they would do is during the spring and summer, but mostly the spring of that year, is they would for about a month, maybe a week, depending on you know when they would when the oh, when they and well, what they would consider I should say would be spring break. Doing. Basically, a certain time of the month, whether it was March or April, you know, in the spring of what, you know, like I said, what they would consider, you know, spring break is happening for a lot of kids. Um, They would put on a preview of an upcoming show that was going to debut later that year. They were going to give you a small sample of what you were going to get. And for me, as a fan, um, I was I was drawn in almost right off the bat. I was drawn in right off the bat because I remember there was this, you know, promos, these bumpers on Disney Channel. And, and, and at the time, this is 1989 we're talking about, they never really had that many uh, bumpers, if you will. You know, it didn't, they didn't really have that many um, uh, bumpers, commercial bumpers, if you will, like, you know, what they do now. You know, they didn't have as much uh, back then. You know, so you were able, all they would actually have is like advertisements and on uh, all that. And that's mainly what those commercial bubbles would be just advertisements for the shows. And they wouldn't be that long. And I remember, I mean, as a kid, I remember basically watching Disney Channel uh, during spring break, ironically. And I saw the bumper for Rescue Rangers. And I'm like, what is this? And you got to remi- and and you got to remember, I was nine years old at that time. I was on the verge of being 10 in July of that year, 1989, but I was still nine. So I was like nine and a half. I was basically, what was it? March, April, May, June, July. I was five months out of being, I was I was basically nine years, seven months old. Basically I was nine years, seven months old at that time. So nine and a half years. And, I saw, like I said, I saw this bumper for it, you know, while I was watching the Disney Channel. And I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. I got to watch it. And I did. I watched a couple of episodes. I liked it. And then it went off. Disney Channel took it off because, again, it was a sneak peek during the spring break time, the Easter time, if you will. And then later on, it got promoted and advertised to come to syndication in 1989. And you got to remember, in 1989, there was no Disney Afternoon. It was still being developed. The idea for the programming block was still being developed as to what shows they would put together. So the previous year, 1989, when Rescue Rangers went to syndication, you know, they were separate from some other Disney properties that were on other networks. Because, you know, here's how it worked. Uh, Rescue Rangers was on KTVU. That's right. They were on KTVU, and I think DuckTales was also on KTVU, but then you also had the syndication debut of Gummy Bears around that time because they also switched networks from NBC to ABC as well, as well as made the debut in syndication. And Gummy Bears was not on KTVU. They were on KBHK, which was known as uh, Channel 44, which is now KBCW. KBCW. You know, that's what they were known as. And the way the programming block was set up, from my perspective, growing up at that time, from from my perspective was in the afternoon. Since Rescue Rangers was like uh, the newest uh, the newest show, if you will, from Disney, even though it had been previewed earlier that year on Disney Channel, uh, syndication wise, it was the newest one, you know, for everybody to see without having to have you know premium cable or anything like that. At that, you know, in during that time, during those times, if you will, um, the way they it was slotted was perfect for me. It was absolutely perfect because you had rescue rangers on at four, four p.m. Pacific, and I remember this clearly. And I know my older sister goes like to me all the time. Well, why can you remember this kind of stuff, but you can't remember this or that, or you can't remember to get your teeth fixed and stuff like that. And, look, I know my sister means well. And she wants me to get these fixed, and eventually they will be. There's a freaking Turlock Smiles dentistry right next to me, so I'm going to look into that right next to my job that is, so I'll look into that eventually. You know, but in time, they're going to be fixed. So, you know, people shouldn't worry, you know, about you know whether or not I'm going to get them fixed or anything or stuff like that. You know, they shouldn't be too worried because it's going to happen when they least expect it. That's how I view it. That's how I look at it. Uh, But anyway, I remember clearly, very vividly, KTVU had Rescue Rangers at 4, and KBHK had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at 4.30. And how do I remember this? Well, quite simple. I once had a a VHS tape, and I had this tape, believe it or not, up until... I think 2007, 2007 when I moved away. It was one of the VHS tapes I was planning to bring with me because I had had it since I was a kid. But it was a VHS tape that was a recording of all the shows that i watched on a weekly basis that I had originally recorded back at that time, back around nineteen eighty-eight, 1989, I should say, in 1990. It was a, re- a compilation of all the shows I was watching at the time you know, in late '89, early 1990. and again, this these recordings were before um, you know the Disney Afternoon debuted later that year. But on the VHS, I had a two-hour block each day. It was a six-hour, it was a six-hour tape. So I had Monday, Tuesday, two hours Monday, two hours Tuesday, two hours Wednesday, um, if you will. So that was one tape, and everything. So I had so basically I would also you know kind of re-record over some things, just to you know because that was my tape, if you will. But when I finally said nope, enough's enough, and I took off that little uh, tab that prevents you know any future recording, um, I had basically, and I I can't I, I know some of the episodes I had, I know some of the episodes, but I had basically a compilation of Alvin and the Chipmunks from KTVU, from the broadcast on KTVU, Super Mario Bros. Super Show, which was also on KTVU, Rescue Rangers, and then I tuned over to KBHK, now KBCW, for Ninja Turtles. That was my two-hour block. That was my two-hour block of animation that I recorded so that I could watch it anytime I wanted. And again, this was before... The Disney Afternoon debuted way before it, and that, my friends, is you know that, my friends, was a moment for me. Knowing that at one point I had a VHS tape of some of my of some of the favorite shows I watched at that time after school, I did. Never forgot that. Never forgot that. Um But anyway, after that, the Disney Afternoon debuted uh, later that year, as we know, with the debut of Tailspin to go along with it, and I remember the way they promoted the Disney Afternoon's debut. It was Labor Day weekend, and I've always had this confused. I thought, because originally I thought the Disney Afternoon had debuted on New Year's 1990, right? I'd always thought that was when they debuted, but I think they did something to coincide with New Year's 1991, and um, it was basically identical to what they did here for Labor Day. But I always, I always remember what they did. Always remember this. So what they did to promote the arrival of the Disney afternoon is they showed the two-part uh, Gummy Bears finale, King Icthorn, which ironically was not the finale. It was something else. But it was basically, from a story standpoint, the final story um, in the entire series. Although the production-wise, it was for, it was basically, uh, I guess, uh, uh, basically from a production standpoint, it was finished earlier. So they decided, okay, it's done before all these other ones are. Let's put that out, and that's what they did. So I remember there was King thorn that started it out. Then they had Ducktales as part of this. I think it was the Super Ducktales one with Gizmo Duck. Then they had the Disney Afternoon itself, the first official block. And then they had to follow that up to the rescue, the entire uh, movie pilot for Rescue Rangers, and then follow that up to conclude it all. They had the original uncut, which I do have, uncut Tailspin movie pilot, Plunder and Lightning. That's how they had it worked out. They had Gummy Bears, I think the king ink the one two-parter then they had super duck Tales. then they had the disney afternoon then they had rescue rangers to the rescue movie pilot uncut then they also had tailspins movie pilot plunder and lightning to close it out and i'll never and i've never forgotten that even though i never got a chance to record it and boy wouldn't boy and i'll tell you this what i'm trying to say is boy wouldn't that wouldn't that been something? And I'm sure somebody out there, if not a lot of people out there, probably did that. But boy, wouldn't have that been something if I could have you know, had a tape, basically a multitude of tapes, to record all of that in one shot. That would have been something that, honestly, if I was to take any tape, take the tab off and preserve it, even as a kid, and keep it with me, try to you know, keep it around to this very day, it would have been a VHS like that. There's no doubt in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there are people out there watching this, or will be watching this, that probably have done the same thing and probably have that tape somewhere uh, in their storage, the attic, or in the collection somewhere. And the reason I say this is because when I got Plunder and Lightning, finally, the uncut one, I got it off one of the Tailspin archives, I believe. One of the Tailspin archives that finally... Had uh, the story up there for me to, for me, for me and many others to, to see. Um, but anyway, like I said, I'll never forget that. It was a, basically, it started from noon Pacific to, I think it went, I think Super DuckTales is what started us out, believe it or not. So Super DuckTales started us out at noon. Two o'clock, we had the King Ixtlán for gummy bears. Then we had the um, then we had the Disney afternoon. So you had an additional gummy bear episode after um, you know after the King Ixtlán one. Then you had Rescue Rangers. Then you had Tailspin. Now I could be wrong because I know I know some people might come out and say, "Well, with gummy bears, DuckTales, and all that, to kind of coincide with how, how the Disney afternoon block was uh, you know going to be originally going to." you know, be featured. And you're probably right. You're probably right if that did go that direction. But I kind of do remember them kind of flip-flopping it a little bit. Maybe they flip-flopped it on New Year's. But I do remember one of the cases where the King x Thorn miniseries, the finale, if you will, uh, for Gummy Bears was, you know, like right before the Disney afternoon or something. Maybe it's just me. But I do remember it was one of those occasions. But, yeah, I remember watching it. You know, remember watching it on that day, That whole, from beginning to end, I remember watching it. It's like nonstop. I mean, you want to know how to keep a hyperactive kid even in, even you know, basically what I'm trying to say is if, if you're a parent and you want to know how do I keep a hyperactive 10-year-old, you know, busy or kind of occupied, oh, I know, put him in front of the television with Disney programming for most of the day and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and that's what happened with, with me. You know, that's what happened with me. But, yeah, Rescue Rangers was a big deal. It was definitely a big deal. And to me, I think the reason it was a big deal is because Disney obviously saw the success that um, other companies were having with fa- franchises featuring teams. Like, most notably Ninja Turtles. So, I could only assume by noticing the success they're like, you know, we want a piece of that pie. And they went the direction of Rescue Rangers. Now, Rescue Rangers, as noted, and you can find the behind-the-scenes uh, story of it rescue, you know, here on YouTube. Um, but basically, the, the, short, the short story of it was originally it was called Miami Mice. And Chippendale were nowhere seen in it. You had Monterey. You had Gadget. Monterey's design was similar to what he has now, but he had the big burly sack, you know, um, along with him. And Gadget's was totally different. I mean, if you look at some of the promotional art they've done for her back then, even after they added Chippendale to the, uh, you know, uh, to the show, she originally had a pink overalls, not sky blue overalls, but pink overalls. She had wider goggles, if you will. She had earrings, pink earrings. She had pink sandals, and her hair was a little bit more uh, late '80s, early '90s style, if you will. And that, and that was basically her first design. And a little bit of trivia: when Disney, when the Disney Channel sent the Disney Channel magazine uh, my way back in the uh, mid mid in late 1994, I should say. And this is when they were starting what was known as the Block Party. I looked at that promo picture they were using. I'm thinking are we getting new Rescue Ranger episodes? Only to find out it was just, you know, the promo picture that they had on hand to uh, promote uh, the entire thing, um, if you will. But uh, yeah, originally it was known as Miami Mice and Chippendale were were nowhere to be seen until uh, the people behind it, Tad Stones and all of them, presented it to Michael Eisner, who was in charge at the time at Disney. And he says, And Michael Eisner's, uh, I should say, his uh, reaction was he loved it. But then he said, who else, you know, what, he basically, basically Michael Eisner's question was, was there any notable Disney characters? Like, who could we put in there that fans would know? Who could we put in there uh, that fans would know? And hello to um, Elliot Williams. Thank you for joining me. And again, guys, super chats, super stickers are open, whatever you guys can afford to do we'd be greatly appreciated, um, you know, during this live stream. But anyway, anyway, long story short, you know, Michael Eisner basically said, uh, but not said, but he asked the question of what recognizable characters do they have? Because he liked the concept, but he was wondering, okay, who do we have from like, you know, the Disney vault that we could put in there that fans would know. And they were like, well, we don't have anybody. So what happened is, they took two of the characters that you know had the person had similar personalities, and he said, "Well, who do we have? Have and everything." So they looked through the list of all the Disney classic characters that they could try to potentially put in there, and when he got to, of course, Chip and Dale here, he basically said, "Put those guys in that show," and that's what they did. They reworked it to where Chip and Dale were now in the roles of chip was in the role of the key uh, the kit Kobe character <coughs> and i think dale was in the role of the lizard character um if you uh, i believe yeah he was in the role of the lizard character so yeah that's how they came to be because he was wondering if there was any notable uh, disney classic characters that they could put in and when they said well no and then he probably and i think they said i think they mentioned that he asked well who do we got who could we use and they pointed out, and when Chip and Dale's names came up, they're like, "He's like, that's perfect. Put it in there, and the rest is history. The rest is history." Um, overall, overall, guys, um, I'm glad they made that decision. Oh, pop my elbow there. I do apologize. I've been doing that a lot. Well, not a lot, but doing that on occasions to where I pop it to stretch and everything, because you know, get relaxed, you know, or you don't get a chance to kind of you know, uh, pop your knuckles or your elbow or your toes, you know, the bubbles just build up. And they I think that's what makes you tired a little bit. I'm not really sure. But anyway, getting back on topic, I'm glad he made that decision because I don't think the show would have had the impact and gotten as popular as it did if it wasn't for the addition of Chippendale in there. So I, I'm glad he made that decision. He made that call to to make it happen. I'm really glad he did. I really am and ever since then I've been a fan I've been a fan as a matter of fact I want to show you something here and uh hold on for a second. Hi guys, that was just my neighbor's truck across the way. It sounded like there was a big truck coming, and all that, and just hit the music stand there. I do apologize. So uh, yeah, I do do apologize for getting up there because I was wondering what that was. That was just our neighbor's car behind, you know, across the street. But anyway, I'm like not going to say I became such a big fan of the show that even back in the um, '90s, and not '90s, but back, yeah, '90s or late '80s, early '90s. Uh, there was this thing that they would do for any show, and they still do it to this day somewhat, but this was, uh, uh, but this was done, but this uh, company, I should say, would do it constantly, and I remember it was one of the things I would collect as a kid, or get as a kid to kind of, you know, keep me occupied, collect them and all that, and that was Panemia, I think, what's the name here? Panania or Panania, and Panania was uh, basically, like I said, a company that would put out these albums to where you know, you would go and uh, buy these collectible stickers and by buying these collectible stickers you would basically put them into the album that you know, Panania, Panania would uh, provide. And they did this for a lot of shows. They did it for Ninja Turtles, they did it for a Various Disney properties, they did it for uh, Ninja Turtles. You name it, they did it. Well, Rescue Rangers was also another show that they did it for. And I remember I had the album as a kid. I don't know what happened to it. And I remember, it, you know, as a kid, I tried my best to collect the stickers. And you know, I didn't finish collecting them, but I did it the best I could. Well, recently, over the past several years, I've been on. I went. I would go on the internet. To see if I could find the album itself or something related to it and I found this I think I got this to Amazon believe it or not and the sticker and the tape I should say came off it a little bit but that's fine I can always reapply really that but I got this this is collectible stickers this is all of the stickers this is basically what's known as a display case this is a display case um if you will this is a hundred packets. This is a hundred packets. It says it right there. It says a hundred packets uh, right there. As you can see, it says a hundred packets and it's all of the rescue rangers uh, stickers. And each of them was, I think one, uh, I think it was a couple of stickers, I think. I think. I think it was like two or three of them in there. I'm not really sure. But yeah, these were the stickers, believe it or not. And I think it's like two or three that came with it. So that way you would have more stickers to, to collect. And they were mostly uh, images, believe it or not, based off the, f- the first several episodes, basically the uh, TMS, TMS episodes, the TMS anime episodes that they did. but well, it wasn't okay, the episodes were not totally TMS. They were mainly just you know animated by the pe- people that did the animes for them, or did the animes for, you know for the shows in Japan that would come over? But they were not, what I'm trying to say is they were not anime style. They were just drawn by them. So, yeah, I ended up, so, yeah, I went online, I found this, and I ended up getting it. Now, I want you to look at this as well. I want you to look at this. It says each, okay, it's a packet of six stickers. So you get six stickers in each pack, right? I want you to see how much a sticker, a pack, a six pack of stickers was back then. Look at that. 30 cents here in the U.S., 35 in Canada. That's unbelievable. So when you add that for inflation, you're probably looking at maybe $2 a pack now. Stuff like this came out. But $2 a pack. And this is, like I said, six a pack. And they were all basically screenshots from the uh, Disney Channel episodes that premiered to give you a sneak preview of the series coming to syndication so i got i ended up getting that and like i said i remember i originally had the album and i enjoyed collecting for it because it was so it was so fun to collect for it really was speaking of collection now i do have first of all i want to note this i have the rest of these i think they're in the closet here and in the back of me over here in the closet i'm not going to get them out but i do have them i do have all of them that being you know, not just Gadget and Dale, but I also have Chip and Monterey, so I have all of them. And I think I've shown that before. I'll link it here in the description. You know, I'll link it here at the end, um, so you guys can check it out. Or uh, once this is fully streamed up and everything, I'll link it at the end. But here are just two of them, and these were very interchangeable, very interchangeable. But basically, these were promoted by McDonald's back when the show was very po- back when the show started and was becoming popular. So here you have uh, Dale right here. Here's Dale's, um, if you will, which is pretty cool. And then we have gadgets. We have gadgets here. And again, like I said, the the parts, basically, I think the promotional part of it was these were very interchangeable parts. Now, I do have the gadget figurine, just to let you guys know. It's kind of like this, you know, but it's gadget, and she has a wrench. I have it somewhere. I have the figurine. And, of course, as I showed you guys yesterday, I have this. This is the complete series. Uh, all the episodes I recorded off my Apex at the time, my Apex, and then followed that up later on, finishing it up, I should say, with my ILO DVD recorders. And as I mentioned, it's, um, f- it's five discs, initially five discs of the complete series. It was originally supposed to be like four. Uh, was it supposed to be four? Hold on. So you want you to it, Yeah, it was originally supposed to just be four, but one of the discs, and I'll, I mentioned yesterday in the video, and I'll mention this again, got a little scratched up, so I didn't want to take a chance. So here we have disc one, here we have disc two, and then here we have disc three, but then we have disc three part two, and like I said, with disc three here, it uh, got messed up a little bit on the back, so I didn't want a chance that, okay, the disc would be damaged and I'm going to lose... A lot of the episodes because I had done that previously with other uh, DVDs that were dedicating to just, you know, solely, or dedicating solely, I should say, to some of my favorite shows, to recording some of my favorite shows. So I said, okay, I'm not going to deal with that. I'll just go get another disc. That's what I did. And that's why you have a disc three and a disc three part two, um, if you will. And then you have a disc four. Originally, had things gone perfectly, it would have been disc three, disc two. Well, not just three, but it would have been disc one, disc two, disc three, disc four, and potentially disc five. And in a sense, it is. But like I said, what I did is I said, okay, instead of calling it disc four, I'm just going to call it disc three part two. That's what I did. And then I made a disc four right here. And then this here, this one right here, I'm at the end is what I consider well, if it doesn't do that. Uh, this one at the end here. I consider the best of rescue rangers dvd and it says it right here best of uh chippendale's uh rescue rangers right there and it compiles basically 10 of the best episodes in my opinion and somebody had asked me um recently in a comment to list off my favorites and i think i had done this before in a video uh, but just in case i decided you know what i'm gonna list them off again and that's what I have uh, right here. That's what I have right here. Let me get my glasses—not my new ones, but my stay-at-home ones, if you will. I can sit on the, my stay-at-home ones now. But right here is the t- the ten best episodes um, that I put onto the um, onto the ex- excuse me the onto the disc, if you will. So the 10 best, um, as I uh, clean my glasses here for a second, hold on. Here we go. Clean them a little bit more. But anyway, this is uh, basically the 10 uh, episodes that I consider some of the best. Now at the bottom here, the bottom picture here is like the first ones, and then the second one follows. And then the um, yeah, then the second one follows it, if you will, uh, to kind of let you know what you know what the episodes were. So the episodes we started out with were well, Rescue Rangers, uh, the movie to the rescue, the two part, or uh, the uh, uh, the two uh, the uh, pilot epi- the pilot the movie pilot, if you will, Rescue Rangers, the movie. Uh, to the rescue, the movie pilot. However, the difference is it wasn't exactly the movie pilot. You know, just like I had done very carefully with the final four episodes of Sonic Saturday a.m. Season 2, which I considered the Doomsday Project, you know, Cry of the Wolf, Druid Head, Spy Hog, and Doomsday Project, I base in I basically very carefully with that compiled them all together as a movie. Well, the only title screen or title card you saw after the intro was Doomsday Project, and then it would go into Cry of the Wolf, but it would feel very seamlessly like a movie. And if you want my if you want my opinion on it, or you want an example, I should say, not an opinion, but if you want a proof of that, an example and proof of that, you can check it out here on my channel. But anyway, that's what I did with Rescue Rangers to the Rescue. I chose to do the best I could there. The difference is they never did title cards. This was at a time when most of the shows, even non-Disney ones... Um, well, not all non-Disney ones, but some non-Disney ones, along with Disney ones, would have the title of the episode. You know, just as the episode begins. In other words, it's like, you know, this the, here's the intro, and then all of a sudden, you know, here's the episode starting up. But then you see the, you see the title of the episode right there in front of it, uh, as well. So again, this was before they did title cards. Uh, but like I said, I start. So like I, what I'm trying to say is. What I did here is I took all those five parts, compiled them together into one episode, into one movie. So that's what we started out here with. And then I started, and then one, two, trying to make sure I I got everything here. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then nine, I think there's one more. I may have, I may have to look or something like that. But basically, I started out with Rescue Rangers to the Rescue Rangers to the Rescue. Then I followed that up with Cattaros Not Included, which is one of my. And again, these are the ten episodes I consider the ten best. And Rescue Rangers, the movie to the rescue. You got to start out with that. And then I did Cattaros Not Included. Then Adventures in Squirrel Sitting, which was Tammy Squirrel's debut, the one that Chris is on chip. Then I followed that up with Carpet Snackers, which I personally like. And that was one of the preview episodes as well. But the reason I liked Carpet Snackers is because to me, that was one of the first episodes, along with Cattery's Not Included, um, if you will, to an extent. But that was you know, one of the first episodes that gave me the impression that what Disney was doing was they were planting the seeds. What Disney and Tad Stones were doing is they were planting the seeds for Chip for Dale and Gadget, I should say Dale and Gadget to end up together. Although we never really got an answer to that, to me, the way Dale kind of like you know moves in on Chip about to make a move on Gadget and then he's making the move and she's not rejecting to it. And then you have, you know, him catching her like this in carpet snaggers. You know, she's climbing down this necklace and Dale's, and she's like, hold on, Dale, we're coming down. And Dale looks up at her and you see this little breeze of wind going around. And Dale's like, careful, gadget. And all of a sudden, just ironically, as soon as he says that, the wind, you know, just slightly, you know, blows enough to where she just, you know, loses her grip and she's like, oh. And then it just drops. And then he grabs her, he catches her, and then she says, golly, thanks, Dale. And then she hugs him. You know, and he blushes a little bit. But to me, to me, that right there, along with a little bit of what he did in Cattery's not included, in my opinion, basically set up, basically set a message to any fan, young or old at that time, that they were planning to do something with those two. That they were dropping hints that those two would end up together. But like I said, we never got answers to that. We never got a straight up answer. But yeah, carpet snakes is one one of those main reasons I like. It's one of my favorites, um, if you will. It's one of my favorites. Uh, period. Then uh, let's see what else do I have here? Oh yeah. Then following that, we have the case of the cola cult. You got to put. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you're gonna rank any, you if you're gonna rank any of the episodes in top tens or top 15s, if you will, for Rescue Rangers. You have got to add Cola Colt into that list of top 10. No but no doubt about it. Ten, top 10 best. You got to put Case of the Cola Colt. Not just because of that kick. Not just because of that fun song that they have throughout. But mostly because of the badass moment we get with Gadget. I mean, holy crap. You want to talk about pushing her buttons? That villain is Bubbles, along with another one I'm going to talk about in a moment. Yeah, you pushed the buttons a little too much, my friend, and she could have literally killed you. Yeah, basically, basically, the after she, um, you know, becomes as the because he's here's, here's the one thing about the Disney afternoon. Here's one thing about the Disney afternoon. They would always have the preview at the end of the block. You know, with the credits, they would always have previews of the upcoming episodes. either are happening the next day or the following weeks. And when they previewed the case of the Cola Cult, the announcer's like, you know, he talks about, you know, what's going on, and then he says, you know, but it pushes Gadget enough to where she becomes Ramboette. (laughs) He literally says that. He literally says, you know, he literally describes the way Gadget, you know, know, the way Gadget becomes, you know, or turns into an ass-kicking machine, if you will. He literally says she turns into Ramboette. No joke. No joke. She... He literally says that. So she turns into Ramboette. And I don't think he was, I don't think he was not wrong about that because that's exactly what she did. She became freaking Ramboette in this episode. And that was great. And it basically ends with the fact that she's shooting off all these sodas. She's unclipping basically the the top here of all the sodas. And they're all, you know, basically shooting up on bubbles, causing them to fall into a big, into basically the big tank of, of soda that was, um, you know, used or m- made some of the characters, the, the cult followers, think, you know, was being used to uh, sacrifice the stuff so they can be cleansed, they can be, you know, baptized, if you will, to an extent. Um, he falls in it and he's drowning a little bit. He says he can't swim. And I'm thinking, holy crap. Ow, she she was almost killed a guy here. That's how far he pushed the buttons. That she wanted to kill this guy. You know, they did get him out, as we see at the end, but he wanted to basically, oh, I mean, not he, but she, Gadget, that is, wanted to kill this guy because he pushed her to that to that break. And I loved it. I loved it. So that's why when I look at, you know, any kind of top 10 best list of Rescue Ranger episodes, you got to put Case of the Cold of Cold. Because if you want a prime example of not pissing Gadget off, that's one way of doing it. And then I followed that up with Mind Your Cheese and Cues. Mind Your Cheese and Cues so they follow-up to what I consider the best episode, and we'll get into that in a moment, because of the fact of how it kind of ends. You see, basically, the, the the story plot is, you know, the there's a cheese shortage in the city, and nobody knows what's going on. Well, they find out, the Rangers, that is, they find out that it's Rack Capone. Basically, their interpretation of Al Capone, you know, gangster-like uh, kind of it or Rat, if you will. So Rat Capone is behind it, so they figure out that the only way they're going to beat Rat Capone is at his own game. So what happens? They decide that being Chip, Dale, and Gadget, that the only way they're going to beat Rat Capone at his own game is to dress up and act like gangsters themselves. And this is basically the second episode, even though it takes place in the second half of it, where you see three, Well, you see the Rangers or at least three of the five rangers, you know, out of their element, out of the you know uh, character design element, character outfit element, if you will. You see Chip with a big, you know, kind of like a gangster gangster look. He's got like a top hat and a little bit, kind of very Godfather like almost. You see Dale with like a Muggsy like to look to him, and then you get Gadget. You get Gadget once again back in her red dress. Not 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 as much as we. I'll put it this way you get gadget basically the similar to the way she was uh in the episode that I'm going to talk about is that, that I consider the best very similar not as not as flamboyant but very similar and that to me makes this one of the best episodes because you know doing it once if you will uh, in my opinion is good enough that's going to put you at the top that's going to slot you at the top no matter what but to do it twice and in the short span that they did, I can't say any more. Well, I can't say any more than you have to check this episode out to see exactly what I mean. And it's, that's why I consider it one of my favorites. Now, on to the next episode, which is Dirty Rotten Diapers. And <laughs> I'll say this. You want another prime example of pushing gadgets, buttons. You know, to the brink that she would want to kick you straight to hell. You know, Cases of cola cult with Bubbles, the villain that's what the villainous name was, Bubbles. You know, that's one example. What the villainous gangster Thaddeus, baby Thaddeus, because he was basically the size of a baby. What he did... All I'm gonna to say to that is, thank God, Dale and Chip never really pushed their buttons too much. Never once. Well, there was that one example where Dale tried to be leader. He couldn't, you know. He tried to assume the leadership and all that. And Gadget's like, you know, I'm usually not one for outbursts, but then she just grabs him, and goes like, "But you gotta think of something." <laughs> and I, I think that's in that shell shocked episode. She's like, "You." You know, so I, I love that. But again, but again, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, a prime, a prime example of, you know, just be thankful they never pushed her buttons too far, if you will. I mean, they may have gotten her angry and she does emotional outbursts, but never to the extent that these villains did on her. Because here's the thing. The plot of the story was the Rangers had just solved the case, but they paid a price. They basically had the arm sprain, tail sprain broken, stuff like that. And Gadget's like, you know, she's going through this pessimistic, pessimistic, uh, pessimistic, uh stage. She's going through this pessimistic, uh stage, if you will. And she's like, you know what? We should go a more gentler route. A more gentler route. So here's what happens. She decides they should do that. They should try it out. Chip, of course, is like, okay, fine. No problem. Let's cool me. You know, he agrees with it. He's like, you know what? You're right. You know, we we should try that. And he ends up getting a kiss on the cheek for that from her. And then Dale, he's immediately like, Yeah, I can I can roll with that too. And he wants to get a kiss from her as well. And it looks like (laughs) it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, when he's going for it, 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 he wants it to be like on the lips kind of deal. And she's like, she's got a big smile on her face, like, okay, I got both of them. I got both of them to agree. And she's like willingly, she's got this big smile on her face, like. You know, maybe she wants to kiss him on the lips, and I'm thinking, okay, she kissed Chip on the cheek, you know, for agreeing with her. That that's fine. And then you have Dale kind of rise up and say, like, hey, I, you know, I, I'm willing to do it, even though he's a little bit jealous of Chip getting the the kiss, if you will. But yet, Gadget has this look on her face like she is willing to accept doing a kiss on the lips kind of deal with him, because it's like, why, why would he, why would she be more willing to accept a kiss on the lips kind of deal, you know? with Dale after she just did a kiss on the cheek cheek with, with Chip, you know, you know, it makes you wonder, but again, that does play into what I said about carpet snaggers. If you catch my drift. And then of course, later on, it gets revealed as to why Chip really just, you know, even though they don't straight up say it, it does get revealed by, you know, Chip acted the way he did, because when he does come up with all these and credit to him, very gentle, safe, uh, solutions to solving crimes and you know or solving you know little um uh, misdemeanors and all that you know you know he he ends up getting a gold star right you know that's that's basically her charts like anybody that does it you know gets a gold star and the moment he gets a gold star the first time he gets it that being chip and he gets a hug from gadget he just looks back at dale like <laughs> You know, and it's like, you, and that's when it hits you. It's like, you little bastard. You're only doing that because you believe it's going to get you close to the gadget. And it isn't until a moment later on in the episode where, you know, the Thaddeus character pretending to still be a baby does something to Chip. And then Chip's like, why you little? And then that just shocks Gadget she's "Like, oh my God, Chip! You know how could Andrew? He's just a baby, and you know that's when it kind of dawns on I think Gadget. Although, like I said, it's not really uh, alluded to. It kind of dawns on her that maybe Chip, you know, really wasn't as nice and gentle as he was letting on, and maybe he was just doing that to kiss up to her. Because you gotta, you gotta imagine." You gotta imagine that after they got home and everything, and you know, you know, uh, post credit wise, well, not post credit, but off screen wise, you, you gotta imagine that when they got home, you know, you know, um, you know, after seeing a movie and everything, you gotta imagine that you know Dale and Gadget were talking, and Dale probably was like, "Yeah, when you know, yeah, I'll give Chip credit. You know, he he did come up with some good ideas, but the first time you gave him a gold star." You know what he did after you gave him that and a hug? And Gadget would be, and I can imagine Gadget asking, Well, what'd he do? And Dale could be like, Oh, he gave me this look like ha ha, you know, kind of gave me this nasty look, like ha kind of deal. Can you imagine how Gadget would react if she hears this? She pulls Chip aside and sit and asks him, Okay, you got all these gold stars when we tried this. And then you kind of blew your then you kind of lost your cool cool afterwards. Can you imagine Gadget's reaction if she asked him, "Were you just doing this because you wanted to get with me?" And I could see, and honestly, Chip kind of being asked that question, I could just see Chip being like, "Eh, "Maybe, (laughs) you know." It's just, it's just crazy. It's just, oh, not crazy. It's just you could just see, honestly, you know, what Chip's true intentions were um, in in the you know in this episode. You know, coming up with all these kinder and gentler ideas. But the piece the resistance for me was at the end. So, okay, Chip blows his cool, right? So Dale tries to come up with an easier solution. Almost succeeds. Looks like he's succeeding. Backfires. He and the others get tossed into a freaking heater. Heater gets turned on. They get out of there. And then they follow the baby into the kitchen. And they see he's getting into things. So... You know, they have to come up come up with a kind of gentlest solution to get you know get him out of there to get him back to the crib. And Gad just like maybe if we maybe maybe if we distract him enough to get him back, he'll do it. So she grabs Dale by the arm and says, Come on, Dale, I have an idea. And she could have easily called she could have easily grabbed Chip and said, Okay, come on, Chip, I got an idea. Oh come on, Monterey, I got an idea. Didn't do that. She went with Dale again. Again, to me, hinting at the fact that they have things planned for these two characters. No no doubt about it, in my opinion. No doubt about it. So anyway, anyway, she she comes back with Dale. She and Dale come back, and they're dressed up as freaking Raggedy Ann and Andy. I, I, I am not lying on that. They're dressed up as freaking Raggedy Ann and Andy. They try to distract the kid. and It looks like it's working. Until Thaddeus throws freaking eggs and tomatoes on them, sprays them with cola, what looks like maybe tonic water, you know, out a dog door, which has the, which basically as a result has the dog chase after them, and they run smack, boom, right into a frying pan. And Dale looks at Gadget and goes like, "Now I know what a cracked walnut feels." Well, like you know, his line is after they run back inside, being you know, because they're getting chased by a dog, and they run smack into. The, the frying pan, Dale looks at Gadget and goes like, now I know how a cracked walnut feels. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's just so, so funny. But then afterwards, they find out that Thaddeus is not everything he's cracked up to be. And, you know, they try to come up with a more gentler um, idea to, you know, stop him. And they even get to the point to where they have to, they try to wake up uh, the parents. That doesn't work. Well, it does, but, you know, Thaddeus, you know, hears the parents, or at least the father coming and gets back in bed, you know, pretends he's sleeping and everything. And then they're like, okay, that that backfired. Let's try the, the burglar alarm, right? So they go for the alarm. Thaddeus has cut the line on that. And so what do they do afterwards? They decide, okay, let's call 911, let's call the police to see if maybe they can help but when they uh, uh, when they get um, uh, when they get the um, what's his name uh, Chief not Quimby uh, uh, what, what's that guy's name Spinelli when they get Chief Spinelli on there um, he can't understand them because all you hear is this, and the chip's like hold on guys I don't think he understands Chipmunk, and then Monterey follows that up by saying, "Oh, even Mousey." And then that's when they hear the door locked, and that of course leads to them getting beat down again by Thaddeus and his two uh, minions, his two lady friends. And then that's when we get to the next shot, where we see even Gadget now has been band- has bandaged up her has put you know ban- uh, has bandaged up her her tail, and. You know, they're talking about, oh, man, you know, again, it's kind of like rehashing the beginning and everything. And then Gadget's like, well, I suggest that we go back to that house, get, open the door, gently go inside, and then drag that baby out by his dirty, rotten diapers. <laughs> like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, shit. And then, this tip tipping down. They're like, Gadget? And then Gadget's like, You know, no more, enough playing around kind of deal. Let's, or like, no more Mrs. Nice Guy or whatever. she's like, let's shake that baby to your rattles. And ironically, that line right there, ironically, that line right there, you know, after the uh, episode originally aired, I think after a couple of reruns, that line, that bit of scenery where she's like, let's shake that baby to your rattles, got cut out. It got cut out. But then when it got reinserted later on, years later, you know they they basically changed the dialogue. Yeah, they had Trish McNeil, uh, Trish McNeil, yeah uh, Trish McNeil. They had Trish McNeilah, Trish McNeil, uh, McNeil uh, come in, and what Trish did is she re-recorded the line. Uh, she recorded the line to where it was very similar, and but instead of saying baby, she's like, let's shake that crook till he rattles. And that was about it because. Obviously, they don't want to promote hurting a baby, an actual baby. So they had to take the scene out, re-edit it or re-edit its audio, its dialogue by having Tress McNeil come in and redo it. But instead of saying uh, baby, she has to say crook. And, you know, it got reinserted in afterwards. And honestly, the rest of the episode is pure gold. Because you see Gadget reacting the way she is. I mean you, you want to talk about you wanna talk about how out of control she is. So Chip still wants to go with the kind of gentler way, you know, to, to solve this crime. He's bought, he basically is bought into it, right? So he tells Monterey to go get the Ranger Ring ready. And he go and he tells Dale and Zipper to go get some strong trine. And then Dale's like, what? To tie up the baby? And now and then Chip's reaction was like, No, to tie down Gadget. I think she's pulling a casket. <laughs> <laughs> little he says that he he tells Dale very in a whisper. He's like, "No, to tie down Gadget, I think she's blowing a gasket." And then you just see Gadget's reaction, like, Arr! "She's like, ooh.'" ooh. Anyway, um, so you see, basically, that they didn't do exactly time. They didn't succeed in tying her down. Basically, I think what happened is Dale went to get the twine, uh, and he notices Gadget. Is probably tying up some rockets on the wanger ring. And he's like, and then Gadget just looks at him and it's like, oh, here. <laughs> you know, he just like gives it to her. Like, hey, I wanna want to mess with Gadget in this mode she's in a mood she's in. Anyway, so they they get to the so anyway, what happens is they find out what the next target is for Thaddeus and his gang. And so they figure out, okay, we gotta beat them to that. We gotta beat them there. We gotta prevent this from happening, and as they're leaving the gangsters' headquarters, Gadget's like, "Oh, he's about to meet his worst nightmare." So, long story short, because I know I sound like I'm there, just talking about the whole episode. Uh, long story short, they get there. Thaddeus gets there. He notices Chippendale there in his place, and everything, or they're not in his place, but there to greet him. He tries to take them out. They get, they basically uh, get to the window to let Monterey and Gadget in. And when Gadget comes in, she's like, let me, okay, where is he? Let me at him. And she's like swinging at the wall, doing this and that. I love it. And Chip's like, will somebody come? somebody hose her down? <laughs> it's like, I like, oh. But it. But his thing, it isn't until, you know, Thaddeus is chasing after them with a bat that when Chip goes into this uh, bear rug, that Thaddeus is just jumping on him, jumping on the bear rug with Chip in there. And you hear Chip going, out, out, out. I can't. Oh. Anyway, so they get Thaddeus off him by pulling the rug literally out from under him. And Chip comes out of the, the bear rug. And, you know, I'm wondering if he's okay. And he's like, you know what? I think we should do this it's way. And when Monterey asked her, well, what do you think, love? Because, you know, that's what he would call her, not romantic lies, but, you know, being Australian, that's what he would call her. And her answer is, Trash the brat! <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'll tell you this them getting Trish McNeil to voice Gadget, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Anyway, anyway, long story short, um, that's exactly what they do. They set it up to where um, they're able to set off the alarm, the the, the uh, police alarm, the silent one anyway. Uh, they're able to basically trash Thaddeus by hooking him up to the Ranger plane via cable. Monterey launches the rockets. Gadget takes off. Boom, and she's dragging that baby all throughout the house. And then finally, and then finally, at the end, it's revealed. You know, not only to his potential adopted parents, the rich folk and all that, of who he really is, but then the cops come in and you know, Thaddeus goes right up to them and he's like, oh, please, please take me to jail. Please take me to jail. Give me a ring for those Keller Rollins. And then the ironicness is uh, Gadget kind of goes back into a pessimistic kind of mode when Monterey's like, you know, we should celebrate. Let's go to the wrestlers arena. And she's like, you know, I was thinking something more kinda of like Gentler. and Marty's like, that's perfect that's um, that's exactly what I had in mind. And he says, It's the can karate kid against the gentle giant, what Gadget likes. So they and they end the they end the episode with Gadget not only going back into that passive mimic kinda in mode, but they ended by having them go to a wrestling match. <laughs> and, and again, this, and, and again, like i mentioned before. Like i mentioned before, if you if you were to rank a top ten list, a top ten list, ladies and gentlemen, of the best episodes out of Rescue Rangers, this has to be on there. There's there's no doubt, this would have to be on there. Period. All right, so the next one, let me make sure I'm not missing anything here. I'm don't make sure I'm not missing anything. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Think. Am I missing one? Oh, hold on, guys. I just hit my thing. There. Let me. Let me take my phone. I took the pictures on my phone of the. Um, Titles. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. And again, like I said, if the phone rings in a bit, that'll be my mom letting me know what's going on. But let me see if I I, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything here. Hold on. Nope. see. Oh, flying the ointment. Okay. So flying the ointment. So let's see. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything here. Okay, so a flying the ointment is the other one that's next up. And you want to pay... Oh, and the thing hit the mic. I just hit the thing here. But anyway, you want to talk about something that pays homage to classic sci-fi and everything. A flying the ointment is one of the best ways of doing it. The, um, the plot is Zipper feels unappreciated because he's not being involved in a lot of these big uh, missions. It's basically one of those stories to where, you know, someone that's supposed to be like an important member of the team doesn't feel like he's being you know utilized to his best of his abilities. So what happens is they hear about these crimes that are happening and they find out that the person behind these crimes is Nimno, one of the arch nemesis. And he and and this is at a point where the Norton Nimno character is pretty much aware of their existence. He knows who they are. It's like, anytime he sees them, he knows his plans go awry. So, what happens is Zipper wants to prove himself worthy, so he gets into the area where Nimno's at, and basically the uh, the modemi- not the the phone modemizer, which he or the modemizer which he uh, uses to teleport in and out of areas where he's robbing via a telephone, he ends up being teleported at the same time. Zipper shows up, and Zipper gets into teleported with him, and as a result, they switch bodies. In other words, they mutate. So Zipper's head ends up on Nimno's body. Nimno ends up on Zippers, and as a result, Nim- Nimno is able to understand the Rangers. Finally, he's able, you know, is able to under, You know, he- he's able to hear them. You know, you know, in regular English. You know, he's able to communicate with them. Because there's a moment when the Rangers are wondering what happened with Zipper. Where would he go? And then he does show up later on, and then they see uh, Nimno with him. And then Nimno notices. Oh, wait a minute looks up and he sees it's, you know, the Rangers because he recognizes them from before, you know, and then they start talking and saying, you know, it's Nim, you know, they stop pouring out that it's Nimno and they, they notice, you know, he's, they switch bodies and everything. And then Nimno's like, well, very astute of you. And then boom, it suddenly dawns on him. Wait a minute. You can talk. And Gadget's like, he can understand it. And Chip's and Chip, Chip, not Gadget connects the fact that yeah because it's he's pop bug now anyway what happens is you know they what happens later on is the zipper gets captured by the government because they think he's an alien and they're not too sure exact and well they're not too sure about that but they can assume he's an alien so they have to go into basically what is considered like a area 51 facility to get him and as a result what happens the zipper and Nimno happens to them and it happens in such a comedic way so monterey so what happens here's what happens so zipper and nimnol switch their heads switch bodies nimnol goes on zippers zippers goes on nimnols so when the rangers go into the facility to rescue um to rescue zipper and chip suggests using the motorizer to do it and even though Monterey's warning him of like, hey, don't remember what it did to Bug Boy here. And Chip's like, hey, you got any other plans? You know? And Nimno is like, hey, my machine made one mistake. It's not going to make that mistake again. He's basically saying, hey, it made one error. There's no way it's going to make that error again. And what happens is it ends up making that error. It ends up making that error because they use it. And like I said, just like Nimno and Zipper switch bodies, you know, their heads are on different bodies, the Rangers end up doing the same thing. And what makes this funny is Monterey and Chip switch bodies. Chip's head goes on Monterey's body, Monty's goes on Chip's. And then the moment. The moment that really makes this episode stand out. And, again, if this was another unique kind of hint of, yeah, they want to do something with these two, yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, this this would definitely be one of those stranger hints, if you know what I mean. Because, basically, you have Dale and Gadget switching bodies. Because after Monterey and Chip notice that they switch bodies, Gadget looks down. She sees that, you know, she, she looks down. And she's grabbing Dale's shirt. She's like, Dale, why do I have your shirt? And then Dale looks around, looks over to her, and it's like, you got more than me than just my shirt. And the gadget looks down and is like, ah, to, have to cover herself. And Dale, he's also trying like, ah. And, and then Chips and the Nimno, he's kind of like, ah, oh, no, not again. And then Chip's reaction is like, yep, we just became the rescue mutant. <laughs> oh, but it, it doesn't end there either. It doesn't end there either. So what happens is, you know, Monterey gets in, you know, Nimno's face saying, oh, just an error, just a fluke. Eh? And Nimno's like, I, I guess there is something wrong. So... You get so you're getting these you these unique little moments, right? You're getting these moments with uh with the Rangers just being like, you know, you have Chip being like, Why do I have this on cream for cheese? <laughs> and then you have Gadget, she has to get one of those uh, little um, cups, if you will, one of those thimble cups, if you will. And I do apologize for any lag, guys, my uh, laptop is loading right now, but you have Gadget getting one of those uh drinking cups, little thimble drinking cups, if you will. She has to Oh, filter cups or whatever. And she has to be, and she's like, it's uh, kind of drafty around here, isn't it? And she has to literally put that down as a makeshift dress to cover her the bottom half. And then she notices Dale touch you know, Dale's like this. It's like, and, and, and Dale's reaction is like, oh, dear, dear, dear. I've always wanted to be close to Gadget, but not this close. You know, basically stating that even he has his limits. Like, yeah, I want to be close to this girl, but not this way. And then Gadget has to go up to him, hold his hands back, hold the hold his, her hands back and be like, keep the hands off the body. And he's like, sorry. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, sorry. And you can tell he's sincere about that, if not embarrassingly sincere, because he can't help it. He is basically, his head is on her body. It's like, uh, and again, it's moments like that, that. Make make the make an episode like that to you know consider it to be one of the best you know in the series, especially when they change back, uh, if you will, and they do get the the bodies back and everything. You know, Gad's just like I got my body back, and Dale's like, and believe me, it looks a lot better on you. <laughs> or it's like, no, Dale's reaction is like, and believe me, it looks a lot better on you than me. Well, <laughs> so, oh. I love- but again, it's one of those episodes, too, where it's like, you you just, oh, man, you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, really sit down and watch it and enjoy it. And it's one that everybody can enjoy. Everybody can enjoy it. I, I am not, I am not joking on that um, whatsoever. Then, of course, the next one after that uh, is definitely a fan favorite. And there's no doubt when I asked, you know, people on the Acorn Cafe, which ones do you think I should include right off the bat they said you got to put um and and it was basically listed as one of the top five and they said you definitely got to add good times bat times and that's what i did because good times because good times bat times is not just a fan favorite but it also introduced us to Foxglove, foxglove fox of the bat who basically just like in squirrel sitting like you know when tammy debuted in that episode had fallen for Dale. Now, with Tammy, she's fallen for Chip because he saved her. And thus it basically began to crush and stuff she developed for him and wanted to be around him and prove that she's better than anybody, any other female that you know he might you know be attracted to, stuff like that. Well, Foxglove here was you know in the vicinity because she was part of something that. You know, obviously, she kind of regrets being part of, you know, and she notices Dale. Like, boom. You know, she's supposed to be part of this, but she's distracted because she notices Dale. And the way she gets introduced is Dale basically um, falls, you know, through the sky. What happens is Dale has this gum, right? And it gums up the controls. Everything gets gummed up because, you know, he's blowing the gum. It gets popped. And I'll mention and I'll explain why in a moment. And they're all hanging from the gum off a, off a light post or a light pole, if you will. And Dale's hanging doesn't last long. He falls right through the sky. And he gets rescued. And he gets rescued by Foxglove, And he thanks her. And she calls. And she's like, you're very welcome. She's batting her eyes. Dale's wondering, like, okay, did you get to see in your eyes? Which is common for anybody to... Say when they see this. And she's like, Only you. And, you know, she calls them big boys. She calls them darling, cutie, and all that. And you get the idea that, oh, she has a thing for this guy. And um, it's even alluded to afterwards when she helps the Rangers get the Ranger ring down. And Gadget's like, Thanks for helping us get the Ranger, pla- a Ranger ring down, Fox Love. And Chip basically, you know, behind Gadget's back has to, you know, and behind Dale's uh, back has to be like, you know, kind of shoulders my away way and goes like, I don't think we're the reason she stayed around to help. <laughs> which they all get, a, which they all kind of laugh about and everything because it's like they could see the, oh, she's not just here to help us. She, she's here for a certain red-nosed chipmunk. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway. Um. The, the episode to me is a great introduction for her because it shows she's kind of like You know, she's kind of, um, I I would say she's kind of basically, you know, uh, torn, basically, between two worlds, if you will. Um, One world that she's known because, you know, the villainess took her in, is promising, oh, you'll be my apprentice and all that, just filling her head with false promises, as we find out later on. And she's torn between that and the fact that she's fallen for Dale, who, by the way, unlike Chip in Adventures in Squirrel Sitting with Tammy, Dale actually returns those feelings. He actually, he receives them and he returns them. He recuperates them, if you will. And it gets to a point that he even calls Foxglove Foxy. That, to me, that, to me, was a bold, was an interesting move. Now all these episodes I want to say this, all these episodes are obviously written by different people so obviously they they tell uh, what I'm trying to say is you know you have all these episodes written by different people who basically see you know the characters being one way over the other. So basically him calling her foxy is an indication that he's fallen for her as well and she basically ends up redeeming herself at the end, Um, When she comes to his aid and that together they stop the villainess known as Rinifred from achieving her goal to be a full fledged witch. Now what makes this episode interesting besides Fox's introduction and a hint at the end that maybe she's going to stick around for a while, be part of a, be part of the team in some uh, capacity. um, If you will, that um, what's interesting about the episode is like I said, at the beginning, you know, Dale has this bubble gum that they all get, you know, stuck to and prevents them, you know, from falling, if you will. You know, prevents them from falling. And the reason he has this bubble gum and the reason it popped and caused, you know, the control of the controls on the Ranger Ring to um, to get gummed up and you know prevent them also from falling. You know, the the reason that happens because. They go to this, you know, drive-in cinema, and they attend. They attend and they're watching this Casablanca-like movie. It's not Casablanca straight up, but it's you know Casablanca. You can tell it's at least a parody of it. And the the reason that they're the reason that they're there is because Chip has suggested you know that they go to the movie. However, and I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this before, I think, in a review of Good Times, Bad Times here on my channel. uh, Basically, you could tell that Chip just meant for him and Gadget, not anybody else. But as we've seen in previous episodes, like the does Paul uh, Paul uh, Paul Louv ring a bell, does Paul, Paul Louv ring a bell, you know, as we've seen before with that episode, Gadget is not dumb. Gadget is not dumb. And she knows that Chip and Dale want to spend some time alone with her. So she decides to work around that. And instead of just saying, okay, I'll go out on a picnic with you, Dale. Or, okay, I'll go to the movies along with you, Chip. No. She says, or she suggests, hey, let's all go together. Let's all go as a team. And that's what happens. They all go as a team. They don't go as, you know, on individual dates or anything. They all go as a team. Another good example of this is the course crime episode, which is the second to last episode, I believe. Where instead of going on an individual date with one of the other and the other finding somebody else, she decides to go on a double date with both of them to the course crime, uh, to, not the course crime, but to the, to the play, if you will. So like I said, Gadget is not stupid. And obviously it's alluded here, alluded to here at the beginning that Chip wanted to spend some time alone with Gadget at the movies. And the way this is alluded to is, you know, Gadget compliments him by saying this was a good idea to go to movies. And then you're thinking, wait a minute, is it just Chip and Gadget? And then you see Dale pop up in the back and he's like, hey guys, you want some of this uh, snacks I got from the concession stand? And then Chip pushes him back saying, you know, saying something along the lines of, would you just sit back there? If we need anything, we'll send you a smoke signal. And then and then you see Gadget's reaction, like, what was that about? He was just, you know, kind of like, she has this reaction, like a little concern, like reactions, like, what was that about? Oh, he was just offering kind of deal. You know, that was her look. What I could perceive was her look because she looks at Chip like, what was that about? Oh, he was just offering. But Chip, he doesn't even register. that. He's like, now, where were we? Because what he's trying to do is get with Gadget. And again, this is where you could tell that the initial idea for Chip when he came to go to the movies was not for the entire team to go, but just him and Gadget. And that is, and that, you know, basically, you know, is where the bubblegum thing comes into play. Um, You know, because Dale starts blowing the bubblegum. He blows it a little too big, cause a little too big, because of course this is Dale. He's gonna over exaggerate some things. And Chip, he takes a pen and he's gonna pop it. He's gonna pop it, if you will. <laughs> and he basically gets uh, I wouldn't say laughed at, but everybody kind of smiles at the fact that hey, <laughs> you did it, you pop it. And that's what Monterey says. He says, You popped it, you wear it. <laughs> you know, so. So, yeah, you can tell in this episode that, um, you know, with Chip, the I, the reason that they were at the movies, that the Rangers, that is, is because he just wanted it to be him and Gadget and nobody else. But again, going back to does Paul Louvre ring a bell, you know, Gadget obviously knows, and, and although it's not alluded to, she, she knows that, you know, what Dale and Chip have in mind. And she's like, uh, yeah, I ain't ready for that. So uh, we're going to all go together, but I won't make it. But. I won't make it obvious kind of deal. So that so yeah, that that along with like I said, Foxglove's debut is what makes good times bad times one of the top 10 best episodes in the show's history. And also the fact that with her debut, not only did she become a fan favorite, but there as a result, you know, we have the Acorn Cafe, the notable Rescue Ranger fan site, you have ChippendaleOnline.com, and along with that, you have the Foxglove feature that's right they named they made they created and named a website after a one-time character that became a fan favorite and this website had everything had clips from the episode had a place where you can submit songs that would tie in romantically with the characters or pair or parody versions of certain songs with lyrics switched around Fan fiction, you name it. It was you want if you wanted to show talent, show off, you know, suggestions, talents, whatever. Foxgo feature was one of the places to do it, and what and it was one of the premier sites. Period. One of the premier sites. Uh, period, um, if you will. But, but good times, bad times, good times, bad times, is not the most favorite. Number one, in my opinion. The number one on that disc that's on here, the last disc on here, the number one, and I don't think anybody would disagree with this, is double O Chipmunk. That's right, double O Chipmunk. And the reason it is number one is because, as I've said before, it is chock full of firsts. Chalk full of first, and when I'm talking about chalk full of first, guys, I'm talking about the fact that it's the first time that we see the Rangers outside of their element outfit design wise. The first time we see it, because here's the premise, and I'm sure a lot of you know about, know of it by now. But here's the premise: so Dale wants to emulate his favorite spy hero, him and Zipper's favorite spy hero. Okay, he wants to emulate them. So what happens is after everybody goes to bed, Dale decides to take one of his outfits, one of his tuxedos, go into Gadget's workshop and basically modify this tuxedo into a spy suit. This, of course, gets everybody's attention. And as Dale is showing off what he has done, the one that's the most impressed by it is Gadget. And I'm like, okay, that's a hint. You know, at first, Chip's a little impressed by it, but Gadget is the one that's the most. Until he drops, accidentally drops a smoke bomb in, you know, in a workshop, and you know, you know, she's not happy about that. But she's able to dissipate the smoke out of the headquarters and all that um, afterwards. But yeah, she is the most impressed. So after she clears out the smoke and everything. You know, she notices Dale and Zipper, because they both love the uh the James Bond character that they're trying to emulate called Dirk Swaff. They she sees Dale and Zipper, mostly Dale, sitting on a sitting on the edge of the branch. And she goes to him and she's like, Come on, Dale, let's let's go to bed. It's time to go to bed. And Dale's like, you know, because he's depressed. He's like, because all Dale wants to do is help out. And he and he feels like this is the best opportunity, right? So he's like, "Yeah, I probably mess that up too." You know, he's like, "I'll never be as good as a double spy or anything like that." He's very depressed. He's very downtrodden. And Gadget tries to cheer him up, and she tries to say, "Look, you know, you're good at a lot of things." And then Dale just gets up with a tear in his eye, wiping it away. So he's like, "Yeah," like making people laugh when I mess things up. So they go inside. She says goodnight. She looks down, grabs his uh, tuxedo, has tears coming out of her eyes, and then she's like, "If Dale wants to be a secret agent, I'm gonna help him." And boy, does she help him! Boy, does she does she you know does she help him um, if you will? Because the way she helps him, the way she helps him is she literally convinces Chip and Monterey to go along with this little spy game. And the way to go with the spy game is they go completely out of the freaking element. And this is where the famous gadget in a red dress, flamboyant lipstick, red, you know, not red, but, um, well, yeah, red, you know, red high heels, if you will. The white, the yellowish white wig Holy crap. This was a moment. Because what happens is Dale wakes up, wondering everybody is. He gets a knock on the door, opens it up. There's Gadget in her disguise, being a femme fatale, you know, voice completely unrecognizable. She says, help me. And says that her cousin Gadget because Dale doesn't know it's her. And I don't think we know it's her. Although I think someone's going to put two and two together. You know, and she's just saying that, you know, Hook, As and Gadget said she can get help in the rescue rangers. Dale's like, well, they're not here right now, L, but they'll be here any minute. She says, "But there's no, and then she says, "It's not enough time. I um, mean, she says, this microfilm has to be delivered immediately. Brings out a microfilm, which is actually microfilm of the vacation photos. Puts it in his hand. And then pulls out a freaking map from her cleavage area. I'm not lying about that. Hands it to him and everything. She hands it to him. And then she gives him a code of the seven spies, Seven shy spies' notice secret. Then she holds his head in her hand saying she knows she won't, he won't let him down. Well, she knows he won't let her down. And then. It, and then. She kisses him. And we're not talking like what she did with Chip and Dirty Rotten Diapers. We're not talking that. See. She ends up kissing him on the lips to where basically his head turns red and smoke comes out of his ears. And then she runs off wishing him good luck. Telling you guys, just just thinking about that moment, still just it just blows my mind. Just blows my mind because that right there was the first on-screen kiss on the lips between Gadget and one of the two That being Dale, and that right there, to me, to me, was the biggest hint and indication. This episode was the biggest hint and indication that that they wanted to put these two together. I Here's the thing. Tad Stones, Tad Stones, one of the main people behind the creation of the show, he can deny it all he wants. But we all know as fans, just the way, you know, Dale catches her in ca- carpet snaggers, the way she doesn't object to him butting in to, you know, Chip coming on to her and she, you know, it's accepted of him, you know, kissing her on the arms up, up to the mouth or something like that. The, the the fact, the fact that she chooses Dale to help her try to distract the Thaddeus kid, the fact that when Dale also agrees to go along with the kinder and gentler thing, that you know he's puckering up for a kiss, she's smiling about it. The fact that in that moment, in a wolf in sheep's clothing, after she's after she's uh, finished after she's finished reconfiguring or rewiring the transmogrifier of Nymnals. And it kind of does a little bit of a short circuit spark. She jumps into Dale's arms. The, I mean, seriously. And, and, and the fact that she chooses Dale. In the episode that precedes this, Song of the Nightingale, she chooses Dale as the first test pilot of the Ranger Wing. Of the Ranger <laughs> Ring! <laughs> it's like, oh, 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 oh. And then she hugs him the way she, and the way she hugs him at the end of that and says, we were the one that was crazy, crazy about you. I like mean, come on. I mean, come on. And this episode here, in my opinion, it's a, it's, it is, This episode is. Let me try Let me fix something over it. But this episode is the epitome. Is the epitome, if you will, of the hints. Down to the core. The epitome of the hints that they wanted to put these two together. Down to the core. and they weren't done. Because the moment after she does that, we see the Rangers in the hiding spot. Monterey compliments her on a job well done, just like a real femme fatality. And Gadget takes the wig off, we see it's her, and she's like, thanks, you know, maybe, maybe this game will help. like She says something along the lines of uh, she says something along the lines. I was just thinking about what's going to say there. She says something along after you know Monterey compliments her, saying, "Great job, gadget! Just like a real fun, but Allie, Allie and everything." And then gadget takes off the wig, and she's like, "Thanks, thanks, and it said, thanks." You know, maybe hopefully this will make Dale feel like a real spy or something like that. She says something along that lines. Chips' reaction though, you you want to talk about jealousy, folks. You want to talk about absolute jealousy? You know, when Gadget, you know, thanks Monterey for the compliment and says, hopefully this game will make Dale feel like a real spy. Chip's reaction, again, you want to talk about jealousy? You want to talk about jealousy? He's, you know, as she says, you know, as she says that, she says, you know, she thanks Monterey and says, you know, hopefully this will make Dale feel like a real spy. Chip's Chip's reaction, you know, it's like, it's not complimentary. It's like, yeah, well, it's not something along the lines of hopefully you're right and everything and, you know, it doesn't backfire, you know, being Chip. No. What is the first thing he says? What's the first thing he points out? He's like, you didn't have to kiss him. And Gadget's reaction is, you know, golly, I, I thought that's what spies was supposed to do, which is technically true if you watch a James Bond film or, in this case, a Dirk Schwab film. That's what happens. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but that's mainly what does happen. If you want to talk about jealousy, folks, you want to talk about jealousy. That right there, by chip being like you didn't have to kiss him, is the epitome of jealousy. Because you can't tell me he wouldn't want to have been in that spot that Dale was in. Because he would have he would have thrived for it, he would have been happy. With it, He would have been all over it, if you will. But besides that, what makes this the number one episode for me is we get to see these sides of the Rangers we have never thought we'd see. We see an intelligent side with Dale. We see the femme fatale sexy side of Gadget. You know, it is just unreal, in my opinion, just un-freaking-real that we see all this. And I can't say any more than that. And that is why that episode, along with the ones I mentioned, are the top ten favorites of mine. Top ten, period. That's why they're on that disc that I made. But, but here's the thing: they're not the only reason I'm a fan. They're not the only reason. No, 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 no. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan to an extent. I mean, look at this. You see this T-shirt here? This T-shirt is a result of me. When I lived in Kansas, I I got this software, this disc and the software that allowed you to print out certain images and iron them onto your T-shirt very carefully. I took this image, which everybody knows, and I ironed it onto this T-shirt. And I've kept it as clean as I could since then. Yeah, you can see a little wear and tear, but it's been clean since then. Mostly, like with zipper, it's been a little wear and tear, but still, it has been clean since then. Okay, it, th- that is one example of me being a fan. Another example is my hit my stand there for a second. I'm going to put these figures down for a moment. Take the DVD down. Now I do have Volume One and Two of the DVD, of the official. DVD set it's um, packed away behind um, my uh, camera here uh, as well as behind my Yu-Gi-Oh! DVDs and stuff I don't want to take it out because I have it kind of like in the middle you know, in the middle with the rest of my D- Disney afternoon DVDs um, anyway it's not it's not the only thing that makes me a fan no 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 it's not because I also ended up getting... Things like this. And this was recent over the past several years. This was recent. This is the one of the rescue range of puzzles. And the puzzle is still in there, as far as I know. Never been put together. Never been put together. It's one of the puzzles. It's pretty cool. That's one of the things I got. Showing you I'm a fan. The other thing that I got it's up there. I've showed it already. It is the bendable of Dale. It's the bendable thing of Dale. Let me try to move this up and you can see it. See that thing up there? That's the in the yellow, right where I'm pointing? Right there. That's Dale's bendable. Yeah. Just the just that. But yeah, that's the bendable of, of Dale. Let me get that back. But that's the bendable of Dale. I got that. That's basically, like I said before in the video last night, uh, that's the one that I had originally as a kid. I had to reacquire it. And then I also recently got this, of gadget. This is a gadget figure. And like I said, I do have a figurine of her where she's standing with her wrench. I just got to find it. But this is the gadget figure from Funko. And as you can tell, they also have Chip and Dale, uh, Dale with zipper, that is. They don't have Monterey that I know. I mean, I think they do have Monterey, but this is the one of, of Gadget that I got. I wanted to get Gadget when I saw her. So, that's kind of cool. And then, if that's not enough, that's not enough. Of course, had to get, and I place this in the middle here. I had to get, of course, the mouse watch. Uh, books this is a series that's basically um, a spin-off this is basically a series that's a spin-off of rescue rangers mousewatch um, it's not just the title of the book but the top ta- but it's the title of the organization in the book is very rescue ranger wise or very rescue ranger inspired because the founder of the Mousewatch is gadget herself that's right gadget herself is in uh is the head person behind the mouse Watch organization. And when I heard it was a spin-off to Rescue Rangers, I was like, really? I, I gotta check this out. I gotta check this out. And that's what I did. I ended up buying it. This is the second volume here. And this is the first volume. And I sent a copy of these. Oops, I sent a copy of these to Linkara and Viga during one of the recent PO box PO PO unboxings, if you will. Which you know she even liked. And if you want a good example of why it is connected to rescue angels, read what that says. Yeah, look at that. But if that's not enough, and you're thinking, how is Gadget in here? There is a panel right there. Look what that is. Yeah, that's an older version of Gadget. It's basically her. She has shorter hair. She has overalls, and everything, but that's her. And she has glasses, but that's her. That's Gadget. And obviously that means this takes place years later after the team is split up. Now, I don't know if they'll touch upon maybe this in the film. Uh, We'll have to see. But that's not the only thing that I got. It's not the only thing that I got. Of course, like Andre Meadows talked about in his uh, reaction video to the trailer, I, too, like him, but I don't have the box for it, I, too, have the Rescue Ranger NES game from Capcom USA. That's right, the original Rescue Ranger uh, game from Capcom USA. And they did have a sequel, which, by the way, is hard to come by unless you had the Disney Afternoon Collection on PS4 or Xbox, where you can play this, you can play uh, DuckTales 1 and 2... 2- One and two, excuse me there, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, and the sequel to this, Rescue Rangers 2. Excuse me there. But yeah, I ended up getting that, which was really cool. And then, if that's not enough, put these to the side for a moment. Put those up in a minute. I also ended up getting... Make sure I get everything's in here. I also ended up getting the Rescue Ranger comic book series from Walt Disney Comics. That's right. These, This here, believe it or not, is the first, is the original episode oh, adapted loosely into that. But, just like with a lot of comic books that adapt the origin story they started to go off into their own stories. And one of them was basically known as the King of the Beast story, which started here and continued into issues like, like this one. So, yeah, you had a So basically, just like some others, um, like I said, other comics that, you know, went, you know, and did an adaption of the pilots, they went off and then went off into their own thing. Rescue Rangers did the same thing here. They did the same thing here. Now, this is kind of loosely based off one of the episodes loosely, but it still ties into the um, story arc. But they kept doing their own thing. Like I said, they kept doing their own thing, which was kind of cool in my opinion. It was kind of cool to see them doing that. And again, these were stories that consisted of, you know, their own little arcs and everything. So I was glad that they uh, did that because it gave you more rescue ranger stories to, to read and everything. It gave you more rescue ranger stories to read. Now, I want you to look at this, uh, this book here. This issue here I originally had when I was younger. I don't know what happened to it, so I ended up getting it back, and it coincides with with this one um, as well. And you have this, and that, and then you have the, fi- the You have the final. I think it's the, yeah, the final one as well. I don't, I think, I don't know if there was like 20 issues or not, but it was, this was all of them as far as I know. This was all 19. Maybe you guys can let me know if there was a 20th issue. But this was all 19 of them. And that was it. The only other time we saw the Rangers and adventures, adventures was through the Disney Adventures magazines, the mini magazines, if you will, the digest, that they are re-releasing um, in complete form. Uh, later this year, if you will or trying to release them it wouldn't and as well as we would see them in a variety as well as we would see them I'm trying to say in a variety of other stories later on. we would see them in a variety of other stories basically through the Disney afternoon one of the more iconic stories that they were part of or they played a part in was Legend of the Chaos God and that was it. Which I'm surprised the Ducktales 2017 reboot really didn't, you know, touch upon, if you know what I mean. But it's still time they could do it. But we wouldn't see the Rangers back in comic book form until almost 2000, I think 2008, I believe, 2008 2009, when Boom Studios, who had the license at the time, gave us Rescue Rangers. That's right, we had the Rescue Rangers, and this year. Is unique because this is a story done by Ian Brill. This one is called um, Worldwide Rescue. It's called Worldwide Rescue. That's the story arc. And what's interesting about Worldwide Rescue, as um, I make sure I get this all in order here, to make sure I, like I said, I get this all in order. What's interesting about Worldwide Rescue is this issue here. I'm going to pull it out. We get, I think she, yep, there she is. Look who's there. We get Foxglove. We get Foxglove. And then what's interesting is we get this scene here where Rain, where Dale says this, you know, joke, you know, very unfunny, very stupid joke, and it wakes one of the bats up. And the bat hears his name. And when the bat you know hears his name and then comes down the surprise dale gets shocks him as well as the readers because basically the guy called the guy introduces himself as Inglewood this guy introduces himself as Inglewood but then look how he represents himself as I, I don't know if you can read that seven get. but dale Gets introduced, but to so Englewood, the bat here, introduces himself to them because he recognizes Dale's name. Kind of puts two and two together, uh, puts two and two together, realizes, oh, you guys got to be the rescue rangers, then. This, of course, surprises Dale. And and uh, basically, not only does it surprise Dale. Um it, what surprises him even more, and I'm trying to read it so I make sure I don't miss anything. what surprises him even more is when Inglewood introduces himself, you know by his name, because like I say he puts two and two together, He puts two and two together, introduces himself, and then acknowledges that he's Foxglove's father. can you not tell me that this 8 8 issue set was not done by a loving fan because this feels like something out of of mice and mayhem by chris fitcher the guy this inglewood character is fox's father i mean let, let me let me get my Glasses out, guys. Let me get my glasses out. All right? He says, and I quote, If you're Dale, then you must be the Rescue Rangers, right? Dale's reaction. Uh, yes, sir. Are you one of the followers of my quitter page? In other words, quitter being Twitter. And his response is, ha, ha, ha. I know my daughter's a bit absent-minded, but surely she's mentioned her old retired pop in Brazil. The name's Eaglewood. My daughter's Foxglove. I believe you know her. Seriously, they didn't have to do that, but they did. So yeah, we get introduced to Foxglove's dad, and it's also hinted by Ian Brill that Dale and Foxglove on and on and off again. Item. He even says it in the letter pages at the end by calling Foxglove Dale's on and off girlfriend. Although I think some of the people at Disney working on the animated show, working on the original comics that came before this, um, they might say otherwise, if you know what I mean. They might say otherwise. But it doesn't end there. Does not end there, my friends, because we also get issues five, six, seven, and eight. And it's here we're introduced to the danger rangers, which are basically a team opposite of the rangers, and we find out that one of the members knows gadget from their childhood. And it takes Gadget a moment to realize, oh, I know who you are. I should have helped you. It's it's unbelievable. It's really, unbelie- it's really unbelievable how one person, along with some of the writers, can come up with a, such a great idea uh, for a story. It's really unbelievable. You know how much they can come up with a great idea, you know, for a story. And it, again it shows it shows basically you know the love a fan has for a property if they're willing to go as deep as they are to introduce you to family of characters that were only in the show for one shot and obviously developed a fan base. It shows you how much they're willing to go that far. But you know what? Fox Love is not the only character that got some love here. No. Fox Love is not the only character. You know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because the next character that got some love is, <laughs> believe it or not, Tammy. This comic series, this miniature comic series was a love letter, ladies and gentlemen, it was a love letter to the Ranger fandom from a fellow fan at Boom Studios. That's why it was so good. You got Fox Club back. You got background on Fox Club's family. You see what's happened with Tammy where she's gone. She still considers chipper chip I mean chip chipper. you know basically has a thing for him still to an extent you get the you get the illusion that or you get the hint that Dale and Fox are, are on and off with each other but still friends to the end it, it, this to me is just another prime example of when you allow a fan when you allow the fans to have input or you allow the fans themselves to take the reins and show you how it's done correctly without doing without coming up with any stupid ideas that might fan fans or might cause you to be replaced by other writers for certain sections of a story or a whole story, it shows that when you allow legit fans to do this, or at least have a say, you get something good. You get something really, really good. And I know some fans are worried about the movie. They are worried about the movie. And that is what we're going to talk about now. Because I touched upon this yesterday in the live stream afterwards. But that we're going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about the movie right now. And the reason I want to talk about, you know, some of the things that we may end up finding out about in the film is because I feel like basically the film um, is going to really surprise us. Despite... You know, despite how meta... I'm just turning off my TV there. Despite how meta it might get at times, to me, there's a lot of stuff here in the movie that I think is going to really be, you know, surprising. But we don't know everything just yet. We won't kind of have a better clue until maybe another trailer comes out, you know, real soon. And my speculation on that is that trailer will probably come out um, around... Um, I would assume, between spring break, which is mid-March for most areas, and Easter, which is in the middle of April. So between that time frame, we're going to get another trailer. But with that said, you know, I mentioned in the live stream yesterday, talking about where I think the characters may end up, like, you know, where they are after the team broke up, after the show was over. And in my opinion, we're given basically in the synopsis, we're given a clue that, you know, we're, bas- we're not given a clue, but we're told that Chip becomes an insurance salesman. Now, we don't know if he chose this occupation because the show was over or if he had other opportunities. We don't know what happened. So we know he's doing insurance. He's selling insurance, which I guess in some kind of storylines is the lowest of points you can go to. Because maybe you feel like there's nothing else to do. Dale, on the other hand, you know, he's described as, you know, being, breaking up because of vanity or something like that. But Dale is basically someone that misses the glory days. And he misses being a team. And obviously you could tell that he misses being a rescue ranger, not just on television, but in real life. And... You know, you kind of notice that with him, or it looks like Gadget's hands, but it's mostly his, looking up these pictures and memorabilia of the team and, you know, obviously reminiscing of how good it was back then and wanting to relive that, like, you know, one more time, have another run, if you will. So we find out that he's doing conventions, and because of the fact that he's doing conventions, you know, meets and greets and all that, you know, maybe Zooms and all that, virtual meetups, we find out that he's gotten what's known as CGI surgery. And by getting the CGI surgery, you know, he's become more up-to-date, more modern, if you will. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say he's not going to get restored afterwards because I think we all know he will. I think we all know he's going to get restored afterwards. And, you know, that's going to lead to the team being back together and all that. But now we have to wonder what happened to the rest of the team. We have to wonder what happened to the rest of them. And to me, we when we see Zipper in the trailer, it looks like he's wearing a suit. We don't know what his role is. My assumption is he's become a business person, maybe. Maybe an advisor or something. We're not really sure. Uh, Monterey, we see that he's become sort of a rehabbing cheese addict, if you will, because, of course, his role in the series was... He loved cheese. You know, anytime he saw cheese, even if, it at the, even if it was at an inappropriate time, he'd be like, and go for it, even if it was at the inappropriate time, if you will. So we know he's recovering from that. And he lives somewhere where we see like a mural, kind of like, um, I can't think of was the Andy Warhol kind of like mural behind him or in the room. So we know he's living somewhere. But, you know, he's living there because he's trying to get over his cheese addiction. But then that leaves Gadget. What's going on with Gadget? What we do see her in the trailer, as a matter of fact, if I can bring, up, bring it up here on my phone without you guys, uh, not without you guys, but ba- basically without any kind of interruption. If I can bring it up here on my phone here. I took a picture of it because I tried to screen capture it. Here we go. So I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this, but here we see Gadget next to Dale. Dale's getting lifted, and this is from the trailer. I don't know if you guys can see that. I think you guys can see that. But here we see Gadget right there, well, uh, you know, piloting the Ranger plane, which, by the way, is a CGI, very realistic Ranger plane. You know, she's piloting it. And we see Dale getting blasted off on that little rocket, right? So there you go. You got a better look in there. But I want you to notice what she's wearing. She's wearing black. She's like wearing a black shirt or something like that. So I don't know what's going on with her, right? We don't know what's going on with Gadget. You know, why she's wearing, you know, a black shirt, black T-shirt, or maybe a black uh, robe or something. We're not really sure. But she's there. But And here's the other thing. She's not wearing her goggles. So you got to wonder, what has she been up to, right? You know, what, what has Gadget uh, been up to? You know, what has Gadget been up to, right? And then we get a better look at the range of plane right there. Get a better look at it right there. It'll go down a little bit, guys, but we get a better look at the plane there. If you will. Get a better look at the plane there. And uh, let's see if it goes down. Yeah, it goes down a little bit. We get a better look at the plane there, so that's pretty cool. The way they came up with that and then we see gadget right there so after dale uh blast off we get a better look of her right there and to me that looks like you know she's covering herself in the blast but almost a very concerned look like a saddened look like okay there goes my friend and my friend's about to die but is it more than that is it more than that because i think we might get uh an answer to that question a lot of fans have been wondering about when it comes to it and again you get a better look there. You say you get a better look uh right there if you will. Gotta let it fit you know, kinda <laughs> got let it fade down a little bit. Come on. And uh sorry for the noise but there you go. Do you see the, the look on her face there? And to me, that 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 says a lot right there. That kind of says a lot, uh, basically, of, you know, what may be going on with her. Like, you know, she's wearing a, a black robe, but or a black something, like a black shirt, robe, or whatever. I would say black shirt. And she's not wearing her goggles, so you got to wonder exactly what's going on there. One of the, now, the synopsis says that Dale and Chip have to rescue a, a friend, a, one of the friends in the show. And some would assume it's Gadget because we don't see her much after like, the flashbacks until that moment in, you know, in that portion of the trailer. So you've got to wonder, you know, you know where, where has she been if she's maybe the one they have to rescue? Because we see in the trailer Chip and Dale going into this facility, getting shot at. And a lot of people have been, have been hearing rumors that it's a prison for two. Tunes that might be too dangerous or something like that. I don't know. So we could assume that if Gadget's there, you have to wonder that maybe the reason she's there is that she's assumed to be too dangerous or maybe she's or something like maybe she's assumed to be too dangerous or she's too smart for her own good. We don't know. Now that could be that could be the reason. That could be the reason, no doubt, because she is a close friend of theirs. But another thing I'm coming up with is you know, maybe she's doing some underground fighting. Because one of the things that's always been notable about these kind of stories, especially when it comes to a main female character, is how they're presented. You know, especially, you know, especially if a majority of the story takes place in the future, you know, you have to wonder how is the character presented. You know, you know, how, you know, you have to wonder exactly, you know, how they're going to be showcased of doing, you know, how their life is basically, you know, how, basically how they're doing in their life, you know, after, you know, the glory days of whatever, right? So you have to wonder. You have to wonder exactly what she's been doing. Now, if she is, like I said, the friend that needs rescue, then, again, you have to wonder why is she in prison? Is she too smart for her own good, too dangerous? We don't know. But my assumption is I think she might have been doing some uh, combat underground fighting. Because like I mentioned earlier, you know, you look at case of the cold and and dirty rotten diapers, we get a smidge of an example of her being pushed to the edge. Her having her buttons, you know, pushed, you know, so many times that she's ready on the, she's on the brink of just wanting to snap the person that does this to her in half, okay? She did it with bubbles, she did it with baby Thaddeus. So who's to say that maybe she wants to... She wants to be more of a combat fighter. Like she wants to use her smarts to help people, but she also wants to be able to defend people physically, like be able to, you know, fight, you know, for survival. So, uh, and uh, yeah, basically, survival make ends, ends meet, if you will, make a living. You have to wonder if maybe that's what she's doing, because again, she's got a black outfit on. Why does she have a black outfit and not her overalls? Well, it's her goggles. You know, and and to me, I think along with her still being smart and still inventing on the side, making a living off that she's probably doing some underground uh, combat sports, you know, combat fighting. And like I said, this is the kind of story that would possibly lend itself to saying or telling us, yeah, that's that's what she's been doing. That's what she's been up to. So to, to me, I think it's I think it's a it's a win win situation. Now, if she is the one they have to rescue, that does pay homage to the, uh, to, the, um, to the first game. It does pay homage to the first game here. But we'll see. If she's more of the combat fighting thing, then I would believe that too. I really would. Now, the question obviously is, how did the breakup happen in the movie? Now, obviously the movie is going to let us know, but we can speculate right now how it began, how it happened. And my opinion, honestly, is I think, you know, you see the scene in the trailer where, you know, the doing a toast, the are doing this, they're doing a toast. It's just like, too many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers and everything, right? Now, it does sound like he's a little, a little enthusiastic, but he's trying to be, you know, positive and enthusiastic, but you can, you can tell he's kind of underwhelmed by it. But he's like, many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers, right? You have to wonder that, you know, after we get that flashback, then we'll suddenly get transitioned to, you know, maybe them sitting down with the person at Disney or whoever is in charge, whoever is represented to be in charge at the time, going, boom, round right of the contracts and saying, you're canceled. You have to wonder if maybe that's what we're going to get. Maybe that's the transition. And that leads to the, the breakup between the team. Like maybe you get a little bit of an argument to where um, they basically feel like, you know, one's at fault or this or that. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they just feel like they, you know, what purpose do they have in the team anymore if they don't have a show? We, we don't know. We don't know what could have led to, what will lead to the breakup. I mean, if it's anything similar, anything similar to what we saw at the beginning, what we saw of the breakup of Mystery Inc. in the 2020, 20- 2 Scooby-Doo live action film. And then we see where they were a few years later. I could believe that happening too. I could believe something happening there too. Um, but we'll see. To me, I think the cancellation of the show is going to be, play a major part in how they, um, why they broke up. And I think maybe we might see something similar uh, to what we saw in the original um, 2002 Scooby-Doo live action film. We might see something similar, not saying we will, but I wouldn't put it past them if we did, if we did um, uh, what's, you know, no matter, you know, how it's told, if you will. But yeah, you know, I think that's going to be the big selling point, too, is how they broke up. Now, the next trailer will probably tell us, will probably give us more of a hint of how it happened, but we'll have to see. We'll have to really see about it. But to me, it's going to be, it'll be an interesting movie to, to watch um, and, and see how it plays out and everything. Uh, again, you know, wondering where they've been. You know, I, I still look at someone like Gadget and I think, well, if she's the one they have to rescue, that's fine. That's cool. It pays homage to the game. But I also think that if she's not the one they have to rescue and it could be somebody else, then I'm going to assume that along with fight along with uh, still inventing to make a living. I'm going to say that she probably also went into combat sports, you know, underground, underground fighting. I can see that. I can see them doing that. Now, the other obvious question that I'm hoping that they will address is who is she who who? was she going to choose or did she choose? Because like I said, when you when you look at that scene from the trailer that I took a picture of, of her, you know, right there with Dale being launched off of the uh, rocket, the mini rocket, and then her kind of like being like this, like she's covering herself in the smoke of the rocket, but also like she has a look on her face, like, you know, there goes my friend, he's gonna die. You know, to me, that look that she has after the rockets blast off is not one of just covering up, you know, from the smoke, but also one of, you know, concern, like, you know, she's a she's afraid, like she feels she's going to lose somebody. And you also got to think to yourself, why is it just Dale and Gadget? I don't understand. Which Chip was Monterey, right? And to me, that might be the question to a lot of answers. Did, did Dale and Gadget keep in contact with each other more than, you know, Dale did with Chip and more than... Gadget did with Chip and Dale with Monty and Gadget with Monty, you know you have to wonder, uh, as well as Zipper, I should say, you have to wonder if Dale and Gadget kept in contact with each other to the point that maybe something happened between the two that was more uh, more intimate than just a regular friendship. You have to wonder. I mean, I'm not saying that that, you know, I'm not saying it did, but I would not be surprised if maybe it's acknowledged that they did date for a while, that they ended up dating for each other. And again, you also gotta look at the trailer as well when they do in the, when they go into the flashbacks. And you have Chip like right like Chip's right here, Dale's right here, and Gadget's right here. You know, and he's like too many more seasons of the rescue and he's just gadget's next to Dale. So again, you have to wonder if they're alluding to something, if maybe we'll get some kind of you know hint or indication that maybe they were together, maybe still kind of are together, but it's on and off. Who knows? Who knows? But if that's something we finally get addressed, I can't wait for it. I really can't. I really can't wait wait for that, for that to be you know something that they bring up. Because they know, because if this is a meta film, because this, if this film is being promoted on not only bringing the Rangers back uh, in a comeback kind of style, but also being promoted as being very meta, if you will, very Roger Rabbit meta-wise, then to me, then, then to me, they have to basically address that. They have to address, you know, that situation there. And hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. But to me, I think, to me, I think overall the film is going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a fun time. I know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Let's be honest. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. We know that. But to me, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a fun little film. And even... And here's the thing. I believe it's going to create interest again in the Rangers. And not only is it going to create interest in the Rangers, excuse me, not only is it going to recreate interest in the Rangers, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get a new series out of it as a result. Maybe it's the own take of rebooting, not rebooting, but continuing the original series. We'll have to see. We saw that Bike of Mice from Mars did it. So maybe they'll do it with Rangers. But we'll have to see what they do. Overall, I think it's going to look good. And again, I think when it comes to where we're going to find out, you know, the Rangers status after everything happened. I think we're going to find out that uh, yes, you know, as described, Dale's, you know, chips insurance salesman. Dale is still doing the con thing, got the CGI surgeries, trying to live the glory days. We're going to find out that you know Monterey's a recovering cheese addict. We're going to see that. Zip might be an advisor to a business Bureau or something And I think if Gadget's not the one They have to rescue I think Gadget's going to be revealed that Not only is she still inventing but she's doing underground fighting Because again you look at the outfit she's wearing In that trailer when Dale's blasting off the rock Blasting off of The Ranger plane on that rocket She's wearing a black Something like a black shirt or something So you have to wonder and she doesn't have a goggle So you have to wonder Exactly what's going on there. And I also think just by looking at that trailer or looking at that part in the trailer, and then also looking at the flashback part of the trailer, or chips like saying more season to more seasons of the Rescue Rangers, you have to wonder if maybe something happened between Dale and Gadget to where maybe we'll find out they kept close contact with each other and that because of that, maybe they became an item, maybe they dated for a bit, then decided to stay friends but broke off the relationship we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, if this is a very meta, if this is a meta film, or at least being promoted on as such, then they have to go and address that um, as well. They really do. But anyway, though, guys, I just wanted to come on here. It's about two, it's going on about two and a half hours here. I just wanted to come on here and, you know, like I said, just do, some, just, you know, you know, shoot the breeze, talk about rescue rangers, talk about my love for the show, talk about my top 10 favorite episodes of the show As well as talk about what I feel we're going to learn about the characters uh, in the film, like where they've been and everything, as well as find out how they broke up, you know, and everything, you know. So, so yeah, I just like I said, as well as show you off my some of my memorabilia of Rescue Ranger stuff that I have, and really that's about it. So, let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comment section. Thank you to those that did watch live. Uh, super chats and super stickers were open, guys, if you want to donate there. Also, if you couldn't donate, that's fine. Uh, you know, on the super chat and everything, um, there's also Venmo and Cash App you could do. My Venmo is Brian walmer 2. The Cash App is dollar sign BW 98. If you want to help out there, be greatly appreciated both ways. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to come on here, like I said, and, you know, shoot the breeze. Talk about Rescue Rangers, you know, with the trailer coming out, kind of give you, like I said, an idea of where I think things are heading uh, with, you know, with this movie, how we're going to find, you know, how, you know, you know, basically how we're going to find out the status of the characters in the story, you know, where they've been, since, you know, the breakup, uh, besides Dale and, you know, Chip's positions. Um, I think we're going to find out, you know, uh, I think we're going to find out why they broke up basically and everything. I think we also may find out that perhaps maybe Dale and Gadget were, you know, staying close to each other, staying in close contact. And, you know, maybe they became more than, you know, friends and, you know, started a relationship that was, you know, not a long one. And maybe they remained friends but broke off the relationship. We'll have to see. And I think we're going to find out. Like I said, I think we're going to find out that Monterey is a recovering cheese addict. And we're going to see and we're going to find out that Gadget still invents for a living but also doing some underground fighting. Unless she is the one they have to rescue, but we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But you know, to me, I can't wait for this because, like I said, you know, it's probably not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, I saw John. I heard. I saw and heard John Capia's uh, response to a question by a fan about it, and he says, "Look, I'm not interested in it. I'm not going to really watch it, but I think he will just to see see what it's like out of curiosity." But uh, overall. Really, that's all I can say on it, guys. Again, I just wanted to come on here, and show you my, you know, love for the show, my fandom, and everything from you know this shirt and everything, as well as the comics and stuff that I have, and the books and the DVDs and stuff. And um, really, that's about it. So let me know what your thoughts are down below. Thank you all for joining me live. And until next time, guys, I am out. I'm gonna get me something to eat since I've been doing this for two and a half hours. And peace.